0: Welcome to the Ready Yeti Podcast, where we tell the
1: story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the Ready Yeti membership. We've grown to have thousands of products from some amazing up-and-coming brands, anything from skis and snowboards, jackets, hiking boots, even supplements and snack bars. It's an incredible way to save a ton on gear, with discounts of up to 50% off. Join the Ready Yeti membership and do your part to help support some of these incredible small businesses that aren't just making incredible gear, but are also putting a lot of effort into social action and doing their part to create an environmentally conscious business. Join today at members and start supporting these amazing startups and saving a ton on gear. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Sabo here, your host. In today's episode, I am sitting down with the founder and CEO of California Cowboy, Drew Clark. Drew, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me.
0: Super pumped to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of
1: course. All right. So for the listener um, that may not have heard of California Cowboy, before, how would you best describe your, your business to them?
0: Uh, we are a pretty new company. We make uh, innovative versions of the uh, short sleeve button down, you know, with a kind of a focus on the Aloha style shirt. And uh, we also make Après ski shirts. So we're a business that really focuses on the celebrating the togetherness of being outside and, and after sports. So Après surf and Après ski is kind of where we, uh, we make our mark.
1: That's interesting. So tell me a little bit about um, the inception of the brand. What made you decide to start Um, This sort of kind of lifestyle um, apparel brand.
0: Well, I grew up in Los Angeles and grew up surfing and skiing and really loved both of those sports, but always was better at socializing. Uh, I'm an extreme extrovert and I like talking to people. And these days we spend a lot of time inside staring at phone screens or computer screens or TV screens. And as someone who spent a lot of time outside growing up um, and who loved the aesthetics and the style of vintage surf and a vintage ski and, you know, kind of knowing what's been happening with technology these days. Um, you know, I really wanted to create a brand and a product line that focused on bringing people together and celebrating the outdoors.
1: That's interesting. So background, you do you have a background in sort of apparel and design?
0: I do, yes. i worked in uh, merchandising and design roles at, uh, at both Levi's Strauss and at, uh, at Gap Inc., um, for about 15 years before getting uh, California Cowboy going.
1: Well, oh, man, so you, you definitely have the expertise. <laughs> to say I, guess, I
0: guess so, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's a it's a labor of love, and I've I've certainly gotten to know quite a bit about the industry over the years. Um, it's a really fun one to be in, um, and I really wanted to start something on my own, and here we are.
1: For sure. So you always had the idea, or I like guess the itch, to go out and start your own business.
0: Yeah, when I was working at you know, in my, my roles, I kind of realized over the course of, uh, of my experience in my 20s that what I wore made uh, people respond to me in different, different ways. Um, and I realized that if I was wearing a printed you know, Aloha shirt, people were more likely to come talk to me. Um, and it kind of sets the stage and, and sets the tone for kind of who you are and what kind of conversations you're going to get into. Um, and I have discovered that you really can use style to bring people together. Um, it was one of the ways that I, uh, interacted a lot with my friend group and, uh, and with strangers, uh, when I was, you know, a young professional and it's been really fun to build product around the idea that your, your gear can actually be a conversation starter, um, and could be you know, great to throw on, uh, after getting out of the water. That's what our high water shirt is. And, uh, it's been, it's been really fun.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you, you start working on this idea in 2016 and you launch a Kickstarter campaign or an Indiegogo campaign at the end of the year, raised almost $40,000. Were you kind of using that as like your baseline? Like, okay, let's try this and see if it works. If it's successful, then like there's something here.
0: Yeah, it was kind of a little bit of a market test, but we, you know, I had a pretty clear vision for what I wanted to create. And we did a little bit better in the Indiegogo campaign than I had uh, originally anticipated. So that was definitely helpful in, in kind of getting a little bit of, of a test going. Um, but we kind of used that to springboard ourselves into, into launching an e-commerce business. And we now actually have a retail, uh, a retail business in a brick and mortar store in San Francisco. How long until you launched the actual brick and mortar store? Uh, we did it actually fairly quickly. We, we initially had a little bit of trouble kind of telling our story online. And what we found was that when we started doing pop-up events, that people really responded to our product when we were able to tell them the story and walk them through. Um, so retail is actually a really critical component of how we got started because our product really needs to be touched and felt uh, to be experienced. And it, there's a lot of hidden features which we really felt like you know, we had to walk people through in person. And once we walked them through in person, it really started to click. Um, we're still getting better at telling our story online. Um, that's you know, admittedly a place where we're, we're continuing to grow. Um, but so far, so good. And uh, you know, we're a brand that really focuses on being present. And for us, it actually, you know, having a retail, uh, a retail location was really helpful. Uh, because it's reflective of what our brand stands for, but also enabled us to get uh, you know our product into the hands of real people.
1: That's interesting. So, did you have to raise any capital to open up the brick and mortar location?
0: We did. We we ended up raising um, some friends and family money um, in addition to the Indiegogo, um, which was really helpful. We actually had quite a number of uh, of interested investors, and and I've invested quite a bit of my own money into into our venture. That's so awesome. yeah, we're, we're funded by mostly friends and family money at this point.
1: That's awesome. So um, how quick did the store kind of um, start off successful or did it take some time to really uh, get the word out there and start really developing that foot traffic?
0: Um, we're, in, we're in kind of a mediocre retail location in San Francisco, but we, we fairly quickly developed a pretty loyal customer base within our neighborhood. Um, you know, like I said, we're not in a great space, but we also tried to set the store up to become a destination. Um, we design, uh, we call it the design salon and it's kind of designed like a, uh, you walk in and on the left side, we have a 12 foot long reclaimed bowling alley bar that also operates as our cash wrap. But, um, everyone that walks in our, in our door gets offered a beer, um, which is, you know, one of the things that we try to be is welcoming, optimistic and, and fun to be around. And we've kind of given people a couple of different reasons to come to our store.
1: That's interesting. And I assume you probably also do events and things like that out of the location.
0: We do. We've we've hosted some other brands here. So if anyone out there is interested in in doing a pop-up with us, we're, we're open to doing that. If it's a good fit. Um, We've done a number of different events. We just had a a rad Santa themed holiday party, which was pretty fun. Um, We've done music and comedy in here as well. So there's, we have, we have a pretty big space, uh, which is why we got our location. Um, And it's been really fun to do, you know, a variety of different, uh, different events in the store.
1: Sure. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the products itself. So you really have two lines, the surf line and the, the ski line. Um, you came from a background in sort of apparel. How, how did you, um, go about developing the different products and then, um, figuring out the supply chain and all that kind of stuff. How did that take you a long time to really work through?
0: It did. We, we have some pretty unique, um, product going on you know it's pretty it's a little bit counterintuitive to add a lining to a short sleeve shirt and when I started looking at the options for fabrics that were in the market um, you know currently we make most of our stuff in the U.S. um, and I couldn't find a terry cloth that met our needs so I actually had to basically go and convince a fabric mill in L.A to develop our terry cloth lining. It's a proprietary blind that we came up with. It's it, no one else in the market has it. Um, it's about 20, 25% more breathable and more water absorbent than regular cotton. So you can actually use the lining on the high water shirt to, uh, to dry off. And the high water is inspired by the terry cloth line cabana suits from the fifties that uh, guys used to wear. Um, and we kind of took that old cabana suit idea and mashed it up with a modern short sleeve button down to create the high water shirt um, and adding a number of different functional elements that are actually really designed about around helping people socialize. Um, So the high water shirt and the high Sierra um, come with a bottle opener that fits in a specially designed pocket. It also fits in your wallet. They come with a a fun stack of what we call conversation stoppers, but they're, they're also conversation starter cards. Um, and they just have fun little uh, sayings on it that are, are kind of intended to josh your friends and just are, are subtle reminders that it's still okay to talk to people in real life, um, not just through direct messages and, and on your phone. But That's the, yeah, the, the component, uh, how we brought all the components together took quite a bit of time. Um, we, once we, once I was able to convince this fabric mill, which was, was quite a feat because, uh, you know, we were nobody. We didn't really have a product line or any history or, you know, no name at that point, um, but this mill took a chance on us and we developed a really great fabric. Um, and when we got the lining fabric down, you know, everything else was a little bit easier to come by. Um, but we sourced our zippers from a, a great company in, in, that actually makes zippers in Los Angeles. Um, we have a waterproof zipper and, and waterproof fabric on the, on the dry pocket. And we have a pretty amazing group of, uh, of designers as well, both on the textile side and on the, on the graphic design side um, to help us get our prints together. Um, and the, the final product came together and it's been something that we've gotten you know, quite a bit of press coverage around too, because it's very unique and differentiated. Um, there's nothing quite like what we make on the market um, and people really like it, uh, but it was pretty tough to get together. You know, they always, uh, we moved very as quickly as we could. Um, the first fit that we pushed out wasn't great. We're still, you know, candidly, we're still working on, on fits to make them a little bit better, um, based on the feedback that we get from customers and we get a lot of it, which is actually really helpful. Um, and you know, people always say that if you're not, um, if you're not ashamed of your first product, you're moving too quickly, or <laughs> you're moving too slowly. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, and we moved pretty quickly, but, um, you know, we were pretty, we were pretty proud of our first product, but we certainly had a lot of things to improve upon it <laughs> and, we, and we've taken those steps since then. And, you know, I always say that if, uh, if you're, if you're happy with your product, then you're, uh, you should kind of close up shop because you know, we always want to make it better as, as we go and we're, we're, still working on it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So
1: you, you go through the Indiegogo, you raise cap, some capital from friends and family, you start, you launch the, the brick and mortar store. Um, what happened next? How did you, um, go about really growing the business online and then also, um, in the store?
0: So when we first started, um, the big bump for us was actually with our retail store. That was when we really started to see sales tick up, um, which was interesting because we had originally intended as being kind of a digitally native brand. Um, but our, you know, when people got their hands on our products, that was when things started to really take off. Um, so that was really you know, really interesting for us. And, you know, we didn't have a ton of e-commerce expertise on our team. And um, what we were able to do is kind of actually leverage our success in brick and mortar and to help build, help building and drive our e-commerce uh, uh, channel. And so when we first started, you know, probably 95% of our business was actually coming through our store. And now it's completely flipped two years down, where probably about, you know, 80% of our business is, is coming from e-commerce right now. Um, That's which, awesome, which is great. We did a lot of you know pop-up events and kind of pushing um, you know pushing to get our name out there, building our email list. We did a bunch of different craft fairs and and things like that, which were, were super helpful in you know establishing our product and, and getting a little bit more brand awareness out there. Um, and we've more recently started to lean more heavily into to digital advertising um, and that kind of thing and it's been it's been pretty successful. Um, one of the big hurdles that we we hit though, and this is you know, in any startup you always end up with kind of unforeseen obstacles to overcome. So we basically, we took over an old radio shack, which is really fun. And we actually, we actually still have the the sign, Um, but the I and the O were damaged. um, So we ended up with rad shack, um, which is is pretty appropriate, (laughs) but we took over this radio shack in 20, you know, we took over the lease in 2016 and we ended up basically gutting the entire place and, you know, build it. We retile the floor ourselves. We kind of set it up so that it was, you know, designed to look like the, the storefront that we wanted um, and also be our headquarters. So it's a workshop model. But did that in October, November, December, opened in January 2017. And in July of 2017, three doors from down from us, there was a pretty massive fire that destroyed uh, a couple of the residences above us and destroyed you know, several of our other of our neighbors and we had a ton of smoke damage so six months after we launched we basically lost all of our inventory and had oh, to man. the store again um which was a crushing blow
1: yeah that's to for a, sure.
0: a new company whose sales were you know on the way up um and it was a really really difficult um you know moment for me and my team but we're still here <laughs> uh, and I'd like to think that we're stronger for it, but uh, it was a little traumatizing to you know, basically be out of business for eight months, six months after getting, getting up and running because it took us a long time to replace our inventory um, and we had to find a temporary retail location and you know, working with our insurance company and, and all these other things. So uh, we made it through, but definitely uh, was, was a little challenging for a while there. Yeah, that,
1: that's, that'll make you sweat. <laughs> it, it <did. laughs> now in the beginning, were did you, um, sort of use your savings to just commit full time or were you also working your, 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 your day job while building
0: the business in the beginning? Um, I pretty much went all in fairly quickly. Um, you know, we had such complex product to develop and, and launching a website and, um, you know, getting the business started really took my full attention. Um, and one of the things that's true of building businesses around, you know, in the apparel space and really any, any tactile product is it, it really takes a village um, to bring your product together. And, you know, we work with a really great group of suppliers that, that helped us. Um, I have a really great group of, of, of employees that, you know, we're basically here from the beginning um, and, took a lot of time but it really took my full attention so there was it, it would have been pretty tough for me to to basically do it while holding another down another job that um, just wouldn't really have worked <laughs> would have been nice because i would have been able to keep some other income but sure, uh, sure it just wasn't that wasn't in the cards definitely
1: um okay so since you you're in um sort of the manufacturing business how do you keep sustainability sort of front in mind especially being an outdoor focused brand
0: So it's it's definitely tricky, um, especially because we used some. We had to develop some of our own products that weren't our our own fabrics and materials that weren't on the market yet. Um, And you know, we are a business that depends heavily on there being clean water and on snow falling every year, um, which, as we all know, is pretty problematic. And we're we're facing a pretty serious climate crisis here. Um, And the fashion industry is one of the worst polluters, um, you know, around. And that's a problem for us. So one of the things that we've done is we've made, you know, we made some pretty significant progress thus far in moving um, a lot of our fabrics into sustainable and eco-friendly uh, materials. And we're going to be continuing that that push as we go into 2020 and beyond. Um, one of the things that we're, you know, we're using all um, better cotton initiative, cottons moving forward. We're trying to move as quickly as we can into organic and recycled um, and my goal is to have the majority of our products be eco-friendly by the end of 2020, um, and we're making really great progress on making that happen. Um, we need to continue to push ourselves, and I think by us pushing, we'll also continue to push the industry um, into being greener and, and more eco-friendly and sustainable. Um, it's something that I care about deeply from a personal perspective, um, and it's, it's something that we, we have to do.
1: Definitely. Now, what would you say has been one of the hardest parts about starting and building California Cowboy? Uh,
0: The one of the hardest parts has been the the fire. Really, really was was painful. um, To be honest, Um, that that took a lot out of us and was kind of a momentum killer. Um, It also cost us a lot of money. um, And insurance just never covers everything that you want it to. Of course, yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of unforeseen. That, that was the biggest obstacle that we faced, and I think it's one of the hardest things. Um, you know, I think we also, we have amazing product, but we we have a challenge in that um, we we make product that require, we hide a lot of our function and our features, and we don't compete on price um, because we built, we put so much tactical function, and we use such, we sit in the premium slash luxury space. And so, our margins are really slim and we have to do a, it, it's hard for us to communicate our price value and brand proposition um, online. And we've gotten a lot better at it, but we still have a long way to go. Um, we're, you know, I like to talk to people in person and I'm getting better at talking to people on social media through our brand voice. And, you know, I write all of our emails and that's pretty fun, but we have, we definitely have some challenges ahead of us in, in, in making sure that we're able to effectively grow our econ business. Um, and our digital presence. Given that there's a kind of a funny irony in that we're actually using social media and digital communication uh, channels to talk about a brand that's really celebrates the analog. <laughs> so, right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, we know there's an irony there. We're we're fine with it. Um, we we even poke fun at ourselves and um, a lot of our marketing uh, around it. But you know, look, it's a good. It's a social media and the internet is a good megaphone to talk about the fact that it's still cool to talk to people in real life. And that's really what our brand or our product is about.
1: Yeah, for sure. What would you say have been some of the biggest
0: mistakes that you've made up to this point with uh,
1: California cowboy?
0: Um, I'd, I think we pushed our first product line out too quickly um, without a doubt. Um, I have a lot of experience in bringing product to market and I think we moved a little too fast. Um, I think looking back on it, I would have taken a few more steps to, to slow down some of the, um, some of the speed because we, I think we probably alienated some of our initial customers um, with some of our fits and, and a few things around that. Um, that, was, that was definitely a, something that I would, I would choose to do differently this time because I think we would have ended up with, um, particularly with our first you know few thousand customers, I think we would have ended up with higher loyalty as a result. Yeah, for sure. um, so that that was definitely something that was uh, was was tricky in, and, and that I, I, I wished we'd done a little bit differently. Definitely, and um, then I think I also probably would have leaned, given that we saw a lot of success in retail and events. Um, you know, you kind of have to follow the money a little bit, but I do wish we had stepped, uh, we would pushed a little bit earlier, a little bit harder on, on digital. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's <laughs> twenty twenty. Right. <laughs> so. As long as you learn
1: from it, though, that's the most important thing. Yeah. When uh, you're through learning, you're through. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about the growth over time. So you start out; most of the sales come from the brick and mortar location. And then over time, you start to figure out digital. Um, you know, what does that curve, that growth curve, look like? Was it more steady, or did it kind of do the hockey stick thing at
0: some point? Um, it's been pretty steady. Um, I would say, and, and I think that's mostly because, you know, we haven't had anything go viral um, or, you know, we've gotten a few really good pieces of press um, that have helped us grow incrementally, but we're, you know, we, we've, we've done a lot, we, we've invested a lot of time and effort into growing our, our marketing efforts, um, but they're mostly, it's mostly been incremental growth and we're also a, a company that has a very focused product line. Um, which we felt was it was really important to take a rifle shot and to focus on this idea of at prey and, and bringing people together. Um, and our product is so unique and takes and took you know so much kind of effort to design that we've um, we haven't necessarily also been able to afford investing in products that are outside of our, our core line. Um, and that's one of the things that will help the hockey stick uh, type of growth versus just incrementally. Um, we have very, very loyal customers. So we kind of thought people would buy one of these. What we've seen is they're buying two and three, which has been really helpful. Um, but we also know that if we add a couple of other product lines to our um, to our business that it's going to be really helpful in kind of achieving that faster growth.
1: For sure. So speaking of that, what what do you see in the future for California Cowboy in the next year, five years, ten years down the road?
0: So we I think we've we've got a really great foundation. Um, to build around and we've hit a few things kind of right on the head um, with our, with both the high Sierra and the, high, and the, uh, the high water shirts, we definitely can grow the women's side of our business. Um, women keep asking us for more and we're, you know, we have a pretty focused product line for women at the moment. Um, we do want to add, we're, we're working on a couple of other categories, more technical fleece and uh, some board shorts that we're pretty excited about. Um, I expect those to come out sometime in 2020 and, um, and in the future, you know, we, we definitely are looking to help finance some growth by raising some additional capital um, that will help us grow quickly. You know, in the long run, we, I, I spent a lot of time overseas um, when you know, in my career and in traveling, and I know how powerful the idea of California is when you get to, um, to other countries around the world. And we've already seen a pretty significant amount of traction in international and global markets. Um, without really having done much marketing there, so in the long run, I see us probably opening, you know, another couple of retail stores in the U.S. and some key some key cities, and then also expanding internationally, both um, on the e-commerce side and potentially brick and mortar. That's
1: really so.
0: Awesome. We have a yeah. We have a. There's a lot of different things that we can do. There's a lot of different ways we can grow the business. Um, you know, we're working on some product collaborations with some other brands. We've already done a couple that have been pretty successful and. Um, we've got really fun product, um, and you know we like working with other brands too because it's uh, it's really fun to to collaborate and put stuff out that, that makes sense for everybody.
1: For sure. Now, what advice would you give to someone that uh, wanted to start a business, whether it was in the outdoor space, lifestyle space, really just business
0: in general? Um, I mean, one of the things that i i thought I thought would be a little bit easier would be selling product to people online. It's certainly tricky. Um, and that is, uh, you know, that's something that I think people should think really long and hard about. It's a pretty competitive industry too. And um, you have to find the right ways to differentiate. Um, and one thing that I learned is to really be patient. Um, it's very, um, I think that, you know, particularly with, um, with brand building around, around product that you can touch and feel, one of the best ways that you can grow your business is, by, is through word of mouth. And that doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Um, so patience is really critical, um, and also finding the right supply chain. Um, we had to, we've had to work with a number of different people to get there, and um, we have some great suppliers. Um, but it's you, know, you have to you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you you, you find the prince.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course,
0: right. Um, what's
1: the best part about running California Cowboy?
0: Um, to me, you know, I spent a lot of time actually working in our in our storefront uh, this past weekend and, and during the holidays, and one of the things that to this day I really enjoy is when I actually walk somebody through our product and tell them what it is and why we designed it the way it is. Is watching their face light up. Um, it takes about sixty to ninety seconds to give somebody our kind of the the sales pitch on kind of what our product is and walk them through it. And they often don't really know what they're looking at until we take the time to tell our story. And usually by the end of it, they're either cracking up or they have a huge smile on their face and they immediately say, this is great for this person in my life. Um, and that is always something that's going to continue to motivate me. And, you know, we, we have a huge econ business and I can't talk to those customers, but I sit in the basement of our shop and I can go upstairs any day and talk to people. And it just really reminds me of of why I started this is to delight people and to help bring people together and we're achieving those goals. And that feels, that feels really good. And to me, it's very fulfilling uh, to see people be really happy with something that we've created.
1: Yeah. I mean, that brings up a really good point, especially, um, today where like a lot of businesses are just e-commerce based or just internet based where you don't get that face to face interaction with people. So, like you're saying, you don't get that validation, um, like you'd get it, like you get it in an email and a comment and things like that, but it's different than like face to face, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's not the same. And you know, I, I feel that way where like any kind of business in today's age that is internet based, you can spend like 12 hours a day in front of a computer and you can go a few days without really even actually like physically talking. About. You know, like you can yeah. If you enjoyed like today's that, podcast so it can be episode, like a very then we would be incredibly thing. appreciative if you could um, so log out iTunes and leave us a quick review. Is, this really uh, helps uh, us get noticed uh, by other podcast is. listeners <laughs> like yourself. <laughs> yeah. If it, you know anyone that would is. benefit <laughs> from you know, this the other, episode, then the the other please other share it alone. That wraps up this episode of the Red We're able to kind of address issues when we can see
0: people in person and obviously have the personal touch. But there's always people that are unhappy with what you're doing too. And you know one thing that we we always try to do is even though we may not be able to actually talk to somebody in person, we try to take every piece of feedback seriously. Um, when, when someone's unhappy with the, the process or the product, we, we try to make it right. And even when someone's unhappy, you know oftentimes people just want to be heard. and we're always here to listen. <laughs> um, yeah. And often even even when someone is a little unhappy with what's going on, we're always able to take that you know opportunity. Um, you know, to, to interact and engage with a customer and try to turn a a negative experience into a positive one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the most important aspects of the business. And I feel like a lot of people kind of miss that where, um, on both sides, right. Where like the business owner, a lot of business owners tend to sort of ignore that and don't give it the amount of time it, it, it needs. And then on the other side, you have consumers that just assume the worst, (laughs) Yeah, um, you know what I'm saying? So whenever you meet them with like, Hey, we're gonna make this work, they're like almost like flabbergasted where they're like, I wasn't expecting that kind of response.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know and, what I and, mean? You know, people uh, you know, we get a lot of feedback and, and believe it or not, I actually see most of it. Um and I take it, you know, because this brand is so personal to me, um, I take the feedback very, very seriously as well. Um, I try not to take, you know, any any criticism personally, but I always try to make it right. Um you know, we will always do what we can. If, if you know, if it's fair, we're going to make things right for you.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's a very a, important a, way to run a business. big
0: thing that, um, and it's, it's also what our brand stands for. You know, we, we don't ignore people. Um, we always try to, uh, to address things and, you know, we, we try to be as real as we can.
1: Well, I think that's really important and it's a, a really smart way to run your business and um, it makes you more prideful in what you're doing, right? Because you, you got to be proud of what you're doing. And the main way in doing that is making sure your customers are stoked and just taken care of, especially when they're buying the product. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh,
0: <laughs> that's, that's what we try. That's what we aim for.
1: Awesome. Well, um, Drew, I really appreciate you taking the time to um, share your story and the story of California cowboy. And um, I'm excited to see what you guys do in the future and Next time in San Francisco, I'm definitely going to swing by uh, the store. And uh, for anyone listening to this episode before uh, December 24th, you can actually enter to win some some apparel from California Cowboy along with uh, a full um, ski and snowboard setup. So just head over to reded.com for your chance to win before December 24th. And again, Drew, thanks again for coming on the podcast and, and talking about California Cowboy.
0: Thanks so much, Josh. It's uh, It's been great and I uh, love working with you guys.
1: If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready 88 Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.